Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. It's a mind virus. It's a spiritual virus that is infecting our children. If you take them out for one year, I promise you, promise you with everything that's going on and what we know is to come, you, you won't be taking them back. But just give yourself a year to unhook from the system. Well, hello and welcome to the beginning of the last days. I hope you had an incredible weekend. What a blast uh, to be able to have some time with loved ones and friends. I hope you're building that into your schedule because, you know, we just got all messed up, didn't we, for two years? Uh, it all got blown out of the water. And so it's very good that now we can plan together with loved ones. There's no worry about the police sitting right outside your house, counting how many people are in your place. Remember those days? <laughs> and uh, we weren't allowed to gather, so we had to put our phones in Faraday cases so that we couldn't be tracked or traced, and we still managed to have church underground. That was fun. <laughs> the first underground church in Canada, super beautiful. Um, Dr. Bonnie Henry still going about her business. She's going to force medical, doctors, nurses, everyone she can to still get the, uh, the, the thing. That's, uh, we're, on some, we're on some sites right now. We want to just not have any words that trigger anything. So I opened my dad's Bible today, and I love to read from his Bible since he passed away a year and a half ago. And he's written so, he's written so many notes and underlined. So today he's underlined in red in Daniel 7, basically. And it talks about the judgment, but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. I think hopefully they're talking about the devil in this one. So my dad's underline in verse 27 of Daniel 7, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. <laughs> I like it, Dad, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Wow. So he's going to give the kingdoms to the people who serve the Most High. I like it. Are you happy about it? <laughs> I'm happy about it. I think that's very, very good news. So today... Um, are we going to go over the banking uh, just before we get to the incredible Dr. Uh, Malthouse is here? Uh, family favorite around this joint because we interviewed him many, many uh, long years ago, seems like, two to three years ago. You know, one of the first people to really highlight his letter, an open letter, basically asking a lot of questions and what a courageous man he is. So there are people lined up at a bank in Massachusetts today. They are, I guess, looking at the SVB uh, downfall of the, this Silicon Valley bank and saying, well, we're here to get our money. Thanks. So, so look at that lineup. I've seen all kinds of people putting on Twitter that the first thing they did, they even rolled money out of their accounts uh, by internet over the weekend. So um, I guess people aren't feeling that safe with the banks. Um, second bank, Signature Bank, closed in just days. So where's this JT? In New York, oh, because it kind of says that, doesn't it? Signature Bank in New York closed 
second U.S. bank failure in days. So we are at two banks. Let's hold up our fingers. We're at two banks. How many is it going to be? Uh, Daily Mail, SVB collapse raises fears of more to come. And that's what we are seeing in some of the writings of economists and people that are in the know and they know what's happening. You know, I guess when you are incompetent and you run a country into the ground by destroying it for several years, destroying small business, um, sending billions of dollars to elsewhere in the world like the Ukraine, other places, rather than taking care of your own country. These are the outfalls uh, and the things that happen. So we have a video here of um, Kiyosaki, Warren's Credit Swiss, will be the next bank to crash. Let's have a look at that one. The problem is the bond market. And my prediction, you know, I called uh, Lehman Brothers years ago, and uh, I think the next bank to go is Credit Suisse. And if that yeah. happens, Japan... Because of, its ex- because of its exposure to a lot of this? Yes, because the bond market is crashing. You know, all those bonds, let's say you're getting, you're getting paid 5% for a bond and it goes to 10%, the 5% bond crashes. And the bond market is much bigger than the stock market, as we know. So Absolutely. the Fed is the problem. And they're the, what they say, the firemen and the arson. <laughs> hmm. So uh, I guess if you're um, somebody who doesn't invest in all of this, you've had a great weekend. But for people who have a lot of investment in the bonds or stocks, uh, this has been a nightmare weekend for them. And there was a person on Fox News this morning basically describing their weekend from hell, thinking that, you know, they've, how are they going to get their money back? Is it insured? Uh, What's going to happen? Because they were with SVB Bank, and that's a pretty scary position to be in. So um, how about Vivek Ramswamy? Uh, Ramswamy? on Fox News addresses the government covering the SVB bank failure. Let's listen to him. There's no free lunch. And what's going on, Steve, is it's crony capitalism all the way down. What happens is you have a $250,000 maximum that FDIC usually applies as the amount that's actually insured. What they're doing here is they're changing the rules after the fact to favor Silicon Valley Bank. And what does that do is it creates these incentives in the future, Steve, for banks to take more risk, for depositors, especially large depositors at smaller banks to just throw more money at those banks because you know the government's going to be there to backstop it. I know they're not calling it a bailout, but the the concept is really just the same. It's a way in which they've come in to rescue a bank that had horrific risk management controls. And they're also effectively, though, bailing out the depositors here. They're not using the word bailout, but the depositors who took the risk of doing business. When you say depositors, that's the customers, right? That's right. The people who who have accounts with them, yeah. That's right. But those customers, in many cases, are tech startups, as you said. But a lot Mm -hmm. of those tech startups did entered a banking relationship with Silicon Valley because they had special business relationships with with Silicon Valley Bank as well, including venture right. debt terms, et cetera. And so the public doesn't participate in the upside of that, but it's a shame to now see the U.S. government come in and rewrite the rules to save them when things go badly. So about this, I did ask somebody who's in the know in Canada, and you might remember Bank of Montreal, I believe it was, had a tremendous failure and the... The Canadian government came in and 
rescued the Bank of Montreal some time ago, so I am not certain how they are going to deal with this now at all. Um, we have one more. Uh, take a look back at May of 2013 in the Euro European Parliament where MEP Godfrey Bloom speaks on banks being broke due to a criminal scandal called fractional reserve banking. Take a look. I rise again, I'm afraid, to make the same old hoary speech that I've been making here for several years, and that is, it is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem, you have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rate, rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. Okay, that's what we've been talking about on this show for a very long time. We've had expert guests that have said we've got a problem because of this printing of money. And central digital banking, how is that going to be different, JT? Like, if you've got... Digital banking. So at any point, they can, first of all, they can cut you off. They might not like the way you think. Oh, you don't think that you should transgender minors. Okay, you're on the bad list today because everyone's going so woke and, you know, have at her. Hey, you want to, you know, have, have this crazy kind of thinking for your own family, go right ahead, but don't shove it down my family's uh, throat. I'll tell you that. We've had just about enough of all of it. So, but when you get on the bad side of somebody who can, you know, turn on your digital currency or turn off your digital currency, and then on top of it, I mean, what is that based on? Like, don't we really have to get back to being based on the gold standard? Isn't that ideally, JT? Can we do it? Yeah, we, the, our, our money is backed up by the government's word. That's why $5 government's is worth $5. Word. It's not backed up by anything. <laughs> Yeah, and that doesn't give me a lot of hope right now at all for the government's word. How many lies have we been told? So if any of you are thinking that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have a lot of money sitting around in the bank, if you're so fortunate as to be that person uh, who's got some money lying around in the bank, one thing you might want to do right now is invest in silver and gold. It's a very quick 
And it could be temporary. It could be for a while where you just keep your money safe because it's based on something solid. So we work with Steve Merrill, um, and that is Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. You can email him. Talk to your hubby, talk to your spouse and say, listen, we've got a little nest egg. Hey, maybe you've just got $5,000 sitting there. Well, $5,000 of silver, uh, there's a couple good things. It's going to remain $5,000 worth of silver or it's going to go up because what's happening is we're going to lose all hope in in what the banks have done and all the big wigs and especially those people who are hard to convince, which seems to be the people with a lot of money. But who's going to get affected by these bank closures? Well, people that are high up in wealth, and they're going to start going, what are we going to do now, you know? So um, just two more little things, JT says we have. Jen Psaki, we don't want to miss, you know, finding out what time Joe Biden gets up when there's some kind of crisis. Like, what time's he up in the morning? I don't know. Let's see what she has to say. Important to note, President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m., he is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there conveying that to the American public. <laughs> you know what? If he's up at 9 and he's talking about these important things, that should speak to the American public about how important actually this really is. You know, because now he calls a cap at 11, right? He's done at 11 a.m., so he's got two solid hours now that he's getting stuff. Oh, but he's a night owl. I don't think so. He's in bed by 7. You know it. All right, one more short thing, then we're going to go to our guest. Uh, Biden walks out. He shuts the door on a press as the press questions him on bank failures. He walks out. Take a look. President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect other banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? All right, thank you. (laughs) At least he didn't shake someone's hand who wasn't there as he walked out. (laughs) Oh, you know, honestly, behind the scenes, you got to be pulling your hair. You know who I lost respect for this weekend? Bill Maher. I mean, I, I don't like him most of the time, but sometimes he's good. You know, for an atheist and a staunch atheist, which, by the way, he is not. The the guy who was interviewing him pointed out that you're not an atheist when you actually believe there's probably something out there. I just don't know what it is. So he's more of an agnostic. Believe me, Bill, one day you'll find out. In any case, what I lost um, respect about Bill Maher was because... Uh, he was saying that, oh, for sure Biden will win. The, if, if Biden runs, Biden's going to win. Because of course he will. What? Biden, two more years? And then you want to run Biden? I mean, where will he be? At the seniors care home? You know, will, will they just set up a little camera at 9 a.m. to, you know, see what's going on, right? And he's going to be playing Parcheesi or whatever. Come on, Bill. Man, you must think we're so stupid to believe that you really think that Biden will win if they run him. Listen, if the Democrats have any hope in Hades of having a win next round with this disaster of an administration that you've already won, you're going to have to get somebody better. At least have someone good looking like we did in Canada. We didn't need someone smart. We got someone with good hair. You got to try that. Maybe that guy from California who's totally destroyed California. Get him in there. I don't know, but I mean, 
Bill Maher just literally putting it out there. Oh, yeah. You know, who's paying you, Bill? Who is paying you to be the patsy for the Biden administration? What a joke. You're all, you are all a joke. And the thing is, you know he watches Fox News. Anyone who watches CNN probably does think that Biden's doing a good job because they don't ever, you know the clips that you've all seen on this show and Fox News where Biden turns and shakes the air or smiles to someone who's not there? Yeah, they don't show that. Or where he can't get a sentence out repeatedly for 15 minutes. I mean, they don't show any of that. No, you got to go to Fox News Network in order to see anything like that. A lot of people, oh, they're so anti that. They're not even, I like, oh, I watch both. I, I am not one of those people that I have my staunch belief and I'm not ever going to listen to anyone else. I love listening to other people. The truth shall set you free. You never have to worry that somebody else is saying something that, you know, that, that you need to be afraid of because the truth is the truth. I want to know what they're thinking and how they look at, you know, what angle they're looking at. Every time I turn, tune into CNN, um, I get their perspective and I go, oh, that's crazy. And then I'm relieved because I know that I'm on the right side of history. Bill Maher, you have to get the sense that he tunes into both channels because he seems to always know what the other side is and what's going on. And for him to say that Biden is going to win next time, I, I just, you know, of, of course, if there's some kind of tomfoolery going on, and you know what I mean by that, then maybe yes. But otherwise, please, his own people don't even want him. Okay, let's get uh, Dr. Stephen Malthouse uh, on the line here. Thank you, um, Dr. Malthouse, for wading through all of that. It is really shocking what has happened since you and I last spoke. Um, yeah. A lot has happened. And so we're looking forward to getting a fill-in from you. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, and I was I was enjoying your, uh, your, um, Diatribe. your talk about various things here. <laughs> I would say particularly the banks, you know, because, um, yes, people have hopefully been watching out what's going on with uh, their money for the last couple of years. But, you know, the Royal Bank of Canada, the RBC, they actually kicked me out of the out of the bank after being there for 40 years. And um, they did that. They gave me two months to get to close my accounts. And uh, they did said the reason for it. Uh, you know, we tried to find out why they said it was because their appetite for risk had changed. And uh, so we had my wife and I had two months to get our money out of there and which we did. And so um, we didn't have much choice. Uh, our local bank manager, he had no idea what was happening. He couldn't get any information from head office. I suspect it had something to do with writing exemptions for children so they wouldn't have to get the shots and for adults too. They wouldn't have to get these, uh, the COVID jabs. And um, I that suspect that's what it was about. But yeah, I mean, I could you could be a, a crim, convicted criminal and they would still let you have a bank account at the Royal yep. Bank. What kind but, of risk uh, is it to them? What kind of risk is what a doctor does in Canada good, of any risk to the Royal question. Bank? It's a good question, but I think it's because the Royal Bank is in on it and someone probably told them, hey, you know, crack down on these guys any chance you get. And, and we saw that with what happened with the truckers and so on. They were more than happy to comply uh, with closing people's uh, bank accounts. And and. So this leads to the, the topic of digital ID. You know, if you have a, if you go in for digital ID and QR codes, I mean, whenever I see a QR code, I say, don't use that. You're just getting into the into the habit of viewing these QR codes, which is very similar to what we're going to see with, uh, you know, 
uh, digital ID. And then digital ID leads to uh, the idea of uh, the central bank digital currency. And that essentially the sound of the, the prison door closing. So uh, if that happens to you, then you have, you're have no, no way out. And, uh, but they'll give you some, some virtual reality goggles while you're in the prison. And maybe that'll help for a little while. <laughs> maybe keep, keep you going if you can maybe play a game or something, just sitting there and you can well, be doing PS. It'll be that in drugs probably. Right. It'll be that in drugs according to WEF, yeah. Well, it's horrible. So first off, I'd just like to say to everybody, um, if you do not like a bank, uh, basically putting a social credit score on you, you might want to get your money out of the Royal Bank. Might want to get your money out of a lot of these banks because I've been hearing different things. It's also been very hard, Dr. Malthouse, for people to get their money. So uh, there's been a lot of delays in getting funds. Um, I personally had one that I had shared with uh, with the group, and I won't go into it again now. But uh, it, it does look like we're beginning to experience some fear. I mean, if suddenly there is a collapse and you would have seen this uh, clip showing about the printing of money, that would be illegal. If, if you or I went and created money at a photocopy shop and put in that little plastic thing and tried to do it as realistic as possible, but it was worthless, that is in essence what is happening. And when does the jig run out? And that's, I think, we're yeah. on the, the, the cusp of that. Yeah, it's counterfeiting. Really, it is. It's, it's illegal. But uh, as long as it's done by the, the, the banks, it's, they seem to be getting away with it because there's no oversight. And uh, in fact, I think it's part of the, the master plan here, right, which is really you can't build back better until you tear things down. So this is what we're on the tearing down phase. Do you know they're destroying everything, and particularly healthcare. We're seeing that in British Columbia. It's very obvious. They kind of win. Uh, no matter what. I mean, essentially, they are out here in British Columbia, you know, B, B, Bill 36 has, has come in. We can talk about that. But, yes. you know, the healthcare yeah, about practitioners it, are still not, yeah, healthcare practitioners are still not allowed to go back to work here unless they're double jabbed. Although Bonnie Henry, who is, uh, as most people probably know, our, um, our, our chief uh, public health officer, I saw her on the, on the, on the TV the other day, and she was actually kind of She's an ex. Must be a great actress because she was kind of pretending she was all choked up by the fact that you know it was been a tough three years. Well, it's been a tough three years because of her and people like her, right? Uh, if we had just had COVID, even a manipulated virus, uh, we would have got through it pretty easily and um, and and gone on our way. But you know the the restrictions that were put in place, the lockdowns, the masking, the distancing, the things they did to kids, washing their hands until they had eczema, all that stuff, you know. Uh, that led to that led to all the, the the damage to our to our communities. So I mean I don't know why she's crying uh, about how tough a time she and her colleagues had uh, pushing these killer uh, policies on us. But uh, I, I think she's either a, com a complete nincompoop or she's or she's uh, uh, an excellent actress. And we should. And I'm surprised they're not looking to get her into Hollywood. Maybe next. Maybe she'll be on the. There'll be the Bonnie Henry Hollywood uh, hour or something like yes, that. Yes, maybe she'll be on the Oscars next time. Uh, I it, would not it be is, surprised. Yeah, yeah, it is shocking. I totally agree with you. She is, she's either acting or her conscience pricks at her because she knows she's done this and she's been bought off with her cushy job and all of the little addendums to her job and, you know, with the mainstream media bolstering her up. You wait till mainstream media really is able to be unleashed from their muzzle because that's coming 
because I don't think we can keep muzzling the mainstream media because they're all looking like idiots. All of you radio yeah. people are idiots. All of you people writing for, you know, and, and on CBC, CTV and global, you all look like idiots because the general population can see shows like this, can uh, see hear doctors like yourself traveling throughout the country, sharing the truth and, and they can't say a word and they have to keep writing the little, you know, flowered up articles or presenting, you know, stupid stuff on mainstream. Well, I hope that day comes. But what I would say now is we're in this kind of great reveal period, right, where people are showing their true colors. I mean, it's been going on for a little while, but we're really starting to see it now. But when you see something come out of the New York Times, I think you should be very careful. Usually they're, they're a mouthpiece for the CIA, and at least that's the way it appears. And um, and so when, when the New York Times start to come out and talk about things like the Wuhan lab, people should keep in mind that this could be a distraction. Almost always we'll be trying to get you to look to the left when the problem is really coming on from the right. Uh, and so really be, this is the time to really be cautious when mainstream looks like they're coming over. Because a lot of people say, look, at we're winning. Let's go and have a beer, sit back in our couch. You know, that's another effect is, you know, and um, also they may reveal another layer of the, uh, com the complicity that's been going on in, in the government's but not to fall for it. This is a, a very complex psyoper, psy psychological operation. And uh, when you start to see things kind of look going your way, you know, be cautious that it's not a bit of a of a uh, of a mislead. So you don't look to where it's really coming from. It's a bit like you know when they the war in Ukraine kind of cranked up. Uh, you know, it was when we were starting to discover all the crooks in in government, right? And and things were happening. And suddenly, everyone's attention was drawn over to Ukraine. So be cautious. Percent, and it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I have a share here. Alberta, Canada is now giving COVID-19 vaccines to minors. I can't believe this. I can't believe it. Without parental consent, doctors are now a hazard to your child's health, Dr. William Mackis says. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, parents are being undermined at every turn, but this seems, uh, who's responsible? You know, like, yeah. Oh. We've had this in BC for a while, but you know, Dr. William Mack is, is a really great guy and we had him on uh, Children's Health, uh, Good Morning CHD uh, TV uh, just, just last week and uh, to tell us all the injuries that have happened to children and so on. He's a great investigator. I, he, I think being an investigative reporter could be his second, his second hey, career or maybe his right. third career. But, but uh, yeah. this is his, from his Substack that uh, I received today, and it was uh, very interesting in that he points out that in in Alberta, it's it is written into the into the into the law there that uh, a child that is considered to be a mature minor, in other words, capable of making a decision by themselves, and theoretically to know the the pros and cons of any medical therapy, uh, can be given a, a a treatment, including a COVID jab without consent of their parents and without the knowledge of their parents. In other words, they don't have to tell their parents. So um, I, I would really highly recommend his his uh, substack for people if they want to keep up to date on what's happening uh, here in Canada, uh, particularly with regard to uh, jabs. And of course, he also uh, was in, not the first, but one of the first to cover what's happening with the airline pilots who have gotten the jabs and have had you know heart attacks and things like that and so on. So uh, Dr. Mack is, and hey, you know what? He's a nice guy too. So I mean, oh, it's uh, don't we you win all around. Yes, exactly yeah. like yourself, Doctor Malthouse. So 
Tell me about the last couple of years, how you've seen the progression for doctors. Tell, give me your perspective as a doctor, if you think that we're getting any closer to being truly free of the tyranny um, and also the truth coming out or, you know, and what are some of the things that are going on with doctors in the courts and whatnot? Right. Well, you know, there's lots of things that are, in, that are kind of sort of in the courts, but they're, they're, they're not moving very well. And the reason is because the, the judiciary, the judges seem to be, um, uh, they're, they're, they seem to have a fixed idea before they go to the courts and they're not budging. So that seems to be that the time is not quite right for, to win cases in court. Um, often they'll dismiss things saying that the CDC and Bonnie and public health are the experts. And, um, for that reason, whatever they say goes without really examining the, the evidence. And uh, so getting the evidence in on, on record is kind of the key at this time so that for future appeals or reviews, um, they can go back and say, look, you knew this and um, it's on the record. This is our evidence that uh, all these these mandates and so forth were, um, were I don't know whether the word criminal doesn't really count, but certainly they were not uh, based on, on uh, science and that they should be revoked and they should have been revoked and perhaps provide compensation. But you know, uh, many of us would like to see that that uh, we get behind the shield of institutions, you know, where, oh, well, I work for the government, so I'm protected. Oh, I work for, you know, the hospital, so I'm protected. And actually find the individuals who are responsible for what they've done in the last three years. And, you know, which goes from, you know, maiming people, um, turning them against, you know, all the bad things, turning against a family, psychological illnesses, and so on, to all the way up to people killing themselves, you know, or being killed by these jabs. And um, I hope that, uh, and many of us, I believe, are the, in the same boat. We hope that they they find the people who are behind it and pull them out from behind their institutional barriers, and make them, you know, uh, make them pay. I'm not saying that they should be harmed or anything like that, but I'm saying that they they do need to make compensation. The idea of repenting, as you probably know, contains several different se several different aspects to it. You know, first of all, is recognizing that you'd made a mistake, and then genuinely, you know, wishing that. Uh, you know, trying to say, I will do my best to never do that again, you know, there's to try to to provide recompense in some way, and then to do some kind of a prayer or a practice, whether it's meditation or prayer, or uh, even just, you know, reading, uh, uh, reading something such as the Bible to, to say, look, I, now I'm going to train myself so that I never do it again. In other words, you have to undertake some kind of a, of a practice so that you, so when you come to that same point where you have a choice again, you're able to make that choice. And that means you have to work on yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, maybe we've had a real spiritual awakening in some regards. I think it's coming, uh, Dr. Malthouse, where we've been through so much, where we had it so easy for so long, and all of a sudden we've come face-to-face -face with, well, what I would call pure evil, pure evil, and the tyranny of our country, the loss of that that sense of peace and that we're okay when when we weren't even allowed to go to a restaurant for a while because we're just not acceptable? Like, does anyone understand the psychological implications of just being shunned mm -hmm. in society for a season for no good reason? Yeah. And yeah. We've, we've come through a lot. So there's a lot of forgiveness, actually, that has to be given, you know, from our hearts, like in, in working through all of this. And, and trying to figure it out. And we've come to a new place, I think, of understanding maybe what's important. But 
I'm still kind of shocked at parts of society that are still completely blinded. Well, it's interesting to use this term pure evil. We've talked about this before. People say this is evil. This is pure evil. And, you know, kind of our doctors group talked about this just the other day because we were kind of like, it's a bit like, you know, this is not a one-to-one -one analogy, but it's about talking about pure gold. It's never pure. There's always like 0.01%, which is impurity, right? And similarly, it could be that when we talk about pure evil, we, we say evil to such an extent that to us, it seems like it's complete. Um, but I really wonder about that, whether you can have complete evil or not. This is a kind of philosophical in a way because you may not know personally, but um, we go from, you know, like from bad to evil to pure evil. And I wonder whether, you know, people like Bill Gates, some would say are pure evil. We might say that, well, yeah, but look at his family, how he grew up and so on, the pressures he was under, what created things. So, you know, there may be something in even the people we think are that evil, that there is something which, which uh, um, is good. And uh, it's for us, our job is really to try to nurture that good part to come up and out and to uh, and the other part to go down and disappear. So um, I don't know this. It's an interesting term. And perhaps we'll have to uh, yes. sit over a glass of wine and discuss this issue because it's, it, is, it does go into the whole idea of spiritual battle. Yeah, the spiritual battle we're in and we're, we're seeing an awakening, I believe, in the world. I think that there there is another I'm pretty excited. Um, we're here when COVID happened. And we get to see an awakening because I know in my life, I've certainly had one. Um, and I bet you have, even though you're so smart, you're a doctor. I bet you didn't kind of comprehend that we've got the UN agenda, you know, we've got the WEF and the CDC and all of these colluding partners. I bet you don't didn't assume. realize the gravity, right? Yeah, but don't assume that doctors are smart. You know, because, uh, you know, sometimes smartness is kind of a very narrow channel. It's a bit like take doctors and toss them out into the woods one day and see how well they survive. You know, you'd be surprised who's the smartest, you know. Right. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's a bit the like being a specialist. kid that never did you well, can... right? He knows how to yeah. use all the tools, starts all the fires. <laughs> exactly, know? exactly. So right. you got to well, be careful. Have... People have that thing. People think doctors are smart and so they and, and are the experts. And so they hand over responsibility of their for taking care of their health to the doctor. Exactly. He'll tell you what to do. He knows everything, which is completely untrue. And if anything we've learned in the last three years is that doctors do not know everything. In fact, they have a very narrow, in many cases, um, sort of area of, of intelligent uh, knowledge. And uh, so um, don't trust the doctors. Uh, and a lot of people, by that I mean don't trust them in a certain way. You have to, in other words, bring, not uh, put aside your own ability to discriminate when a doctor tells you to do this or do that. And there's nowhere more like where that's not been a good example is, you know, doctors giving shots to the kids, right? They have not, those doctors did not do their homework or they, they want to be so well liked by their, their colleagues or by whoever that they, or they don't want to get, lose their jobs or, you know, they don't want to look bad, whatever, but uh, that they've been doing things, which we know, and we have known for some time uh, are harmful to, to, to children, to other patients. And uh, they didn't do it. So, you know, they didn't stand up for whatever reason. It, it is uh, shocking. And also that they have not, um, they haven't had courage. And that's a completely different thing than brains. Um, there's been a lack of courage in a lot of places, including pastors and leaders of our nation. But doctors who might know more of the truth 
than we do, but they won't say so because they want to protect themselves. Somehow you got a sense of, well, you found courage very early on compared to a lot of people, Dr. Malthouse. And when you look back, if you would have known uh, what you were all in for, uh, would you do it again? Oh, yeah. Um, yes, I would. Um, it, it's um, the, the term, the, the word courage is something that, again, we've talked about, you know, because many of us doctors who did speak out, like, you know, uh, you know, Dr. Hoff, uh, Dr. Uh, Nagase, uh, you know, I mean, there's whole, Dr. Trozzi, Dr. Phillips, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Colvinder Coward, uh, you know, Dr. Luckyu in, in Ontario, but, you know, all the doctors, I don't want to leave any out because there are some really great doctors. And, uh, but when we ask ourselves about this, this, this word courage, none of us really feel that we can, we can say that we're courageous. It's, we're just doing what we think is right. And we, and we probably, it's just our habitual way of, of responding to certain events, right? In other words, we always have been like that. That's the way we've, we've acted most of our lives. And uh, so it was, although, you know, there, there is some sense of the consequences uh, before you do, you speak out. Um, I don't think any of those doctors, and we, we in our own province, you know, we, we have the doctors that went on tour with us who all got into hot, hot, you know, water with the college, right? They're all being investigated. I mean, uh, you know, from Dr. Dr. Kindy, um, you know, we have Dr. Kindy, uh, we, ha uh, we have, we uh, have, Dr. Bayfield, we have uh, Dr. Kevin Slater, uh, who else, you know, um, all, you know, all these doctors that that actually spoke up with us and uh, Dr. Maurice, you know, they all got into trouble with the colleges. But, you know, uh, I talk to them all the time and I don't think any of them would would uh, wish to go back and, and redo it in another way. Thank God for you all. So courage, courage is a good question. And it's fine for you to look at us as being courageous, you know, because that's 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 great because it encourages you to step up to the plate, but most of us are doing just what we, we think is the right thing to do. And uh, we have the will, uh, by that I mean the willpower, just to, to do it because it's the right thing. Do you have any suggestions for those uh, struggling with long COVID right now, as they call it? Do you believe in long COVID? Uh, I know some people just seem um, to be rattling or, you know, struggling with a uh, their some sort of respiratory leftover issue doesn't cause them a whole lot of harm. They don't have to go on anything, but, and do you have any suggestions for people that are maybe dealing with that potentially any vaccine um, issues that they've had as well? Mm -hmm. Well, those are two different topics, but you know, just as people would have the flu and then they, you know, they'd have a chronic illness afterwards. It means they've kind of got, you know, one, two knocked to the mat and, uh, and they're just up on one knee. And it, you know, it may be adequate for them to function, but they don't never feel well. So they could have the saying "never well since," which we know in the in the in homeopathy is a very a very common thing. They say, "I was never well since my boss yelled at me," or "I was never well since I had the flu in 1965," and I've been never well since you know um, I got my head cold, you know I got my hair uh, cut, and I stood out in the cold. And then they have symptoms which become chronic. So I think that COVID. Uh, long COVID is in fact disease and, and you could expect it to be so just as you'd expect, you know, having long influenza. So uh, COVID is a bit more complicated though, because it doesn't involve more than just a viral infection, but all diseases are more complicated because they, they, they include the terrain. In other words, the person's response to the, to the, sh to the shock, which comes from either exposure to something, you know, uh, like a virus. So yes, long COVID exists. And also, you know, certainly we've seen, if you look at the VAERS reports, et cetera, that, um, these these jabs are 
are dangerous and have no benefit. And I would say in any age group that the um, the, the risks far outweigh the benefits. And I would, and, and from day one, I've never recommended them for any age group over 80 or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Although Dr. Bonnie Henry says now, boosters for people over 80. And if you're indigenous, mm, under over 70, because we want to, I don't know what the plan is there to get your land maybe under the guise of, of giving you better access. I doubt it's based on the fact that, uh, you know, statistically showing that they're uh, much more susceptible. Benefits. But if you have a shot, which is no benefit, you know, why, you know, why would you give to anybody, no matter what your age is? And then those people that have immune deficiencies who are the most likely to have problems with the shot, uh, which we're seeing is destroying people's immune systems. Uh, they rec Bonnie Henry recommends that. So um, help. But uh, anyway, um, yes. COVID shots, I would, so just to get answer your question, that was kind of a long way around, but I would say if they go to the, the, uh, the frontline critical care consortium, you'll see uh, uh, things there that uh, guides for people to try to, uh, to treat themselves, but also if they are not able to do it themselves and they should seek out a, a professional who really knows what they're doing. And right now that seems to be among the naturopaths. I don't know many, and, and some doctors, but a lot of doctors are somewhat restricted. But some of the naturopaths, uh, things like chelation or, um, you know, uh, certain uh, treatments that can be given intravenously as well as orally, homeopathy, for example. Uh, of course, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine always seem to show up as part of the treatment programs. Um, so I would suggest people uh, take that route. Okay, that... That is amazing. And so for your, your future you endeavors. You meant to say long-winded. I think you meant to say long-winded, didn't you? No, yeah, no, no. I, I, we don't, we love listening to doctors here. We're like, tell us everything you can because, you know, well, we've you, lost a lot you know of what trust. It's like, yeah. You know what it's like? If you ask an opinion of a doctor, he will give you one, right? <laughs> yes. There's very few doctors say, I don't know. I'll, right. I'll tell you later. I'll come back. <laughs> We're, we are seeing um, cancers uh, are also going up. Um, I don't know if you're seeing that personally or um, you're over there on the island, right? I am. And my license has been suspended, right? It was suspended by the college March of 2021. Uh, uh, again, it was around this issue of writing uh, exemptions for the shots and for masks uh, for people. And um, so I can't really tell you too much except for what I've heard from my colleagues. And the question about cancers, yes, uh, it is going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeing a lot turbo of things. cancer. Turbo cancer, yeah. And I, I yeah. had a friend whose husband got a turbo cancer, and uh, he had had a cancer dormant for decades. And now I don't know how that works, but it was something he'd gotten. I think something he was in the army and he'd had something, but they dealt with it, and it was just in complete remission. And it was uh, he got his third shot, and all of a sudden. Um, he was not well, and they said it was this dormant cancer that had just laid there, and there had been no issue with it, and then he uh, he passed away very shortly. Yeah. So what are, not only does it bring back cancers, it seems that <clears throat> the evidence is that it, it also um, removes the, the obstruction that, that their own immune systems have created to prevent cancers from coming. So if you have a cancer in remission and then you have these shots that we've lots of cases have been documented and there are different mechanisms which are which seem to be pretty well understood about how this can come about. It's a bit like uh, I know uh, Dr. Charles Hoff often says he uses the example of having your car on a slope, parking on a slope with a handbrake on and suddenly uh, the shot takes the handbrake off and the car starts to roll and picks up speed. 
But these people, the, the, when they call, say turbo, it means that they actually, these are very rapid uh, evolving cancers. Uh, they, they, doctors don't see them in their initial visit until they're actually quite progressed, sometimes at stage four, which means uh, distal spread. So um, yeah, I don't think there's much doubt. And, and among the doctors that Dr. Mackey has reported who have died within a very short period of time, you know, after having the, uh, the shots, you know, that uh, uh, this, this turbo cancer is, is listed in there. That is, uh, that is just what, you know, is so shocking about everything happening. And yet we have Dr. Bonnie Henry just, and, and Dr. Teresa Tam at the head of our nation, just safe and effective all the way to the bank. Um, so, well, we just thank you very much. Um, any final word that you'd like to give on anything on yes. your heart today? Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. I just wanted, first of all, I want to thank you for all the hard work you've done and uh, over these thank last you. three years, you know, that uh, you've uh, really helped tremendously getting the word out. And, and you held a record for distance traveled. Uh, you beat us. We were on the bus, but we only got as far as Saskatchewan. But right. you've gone right across New the country. So kudos to you. Way to go. Way to go. You <laughs> set the you. record. But we're going to try to catch up to you somehow, I think, in the future. But I, I did want to just point out to people that we there are some exciting things coming up. One is... Um, you know, I, I know you talked about a bit of politics in the states, but you know, if if uh, if uh, R, RFK Jr. if he runs for president, he'll be a Democrat, and uh, so hey, we could have something coming up in the Democratic will? Party. Well, Do you think he will? I he, I think he will. I think he will. His wife has given him the green light. He said, and uh, so we'll we'll see about that one. But I just wanted to mention first of all, I, I just want to put a a um, I don't know so. Uh, congratulations out to all my colleagues, those doctors that have stood up and, and spoken out over these last three years. You know, it's taken a toll on them. It's been a lot of hard and their families too. And uh, but I want to hand, you know, say, uh, um, you know, kudos to them because they, they really are uh, a great bunch of people. And uh, it's so great to rub shoulders with them. I also want to just talk about the that something coming up in May on May the 3rd. Um, uh, the European Parliament has invited our group. Now, our group is the, the ones that put on the um, a, a conference in Italy in October 2021, which was, and this is it's the COVID, International COVID Summit. And um, so we had our first one there. There was a second one done in, 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 uh, in France. And now we've been, this, our team has been invited to do a presentation in, in Brussels, in Belgium, at the European Parliament, which will be occurring in May the 3rd again. So we're going to have a conference there May the 2nd, which will be a doctors and scientists uh, sort of conference. And then the next day will be a presentation taking the European Parliament members. And, you know, there, there's uh, quite a few members there. I can't remember. I think they have um, there 705 members and there are 27 member states at the European Parliament. And um, we're going to be presenting to them uh, the, the COVID narrative as we now see it, which will contain all the, the sort of the, um, the, the policies which uh, were did harm and intent and i feel intentionally were meant to do harm uh we're going to present that to the european parliament so we'll give them the whole story from our perspective i and love so it. that's coming up so if you want to go it. to brussels get your plane ticket now yeah wow well we're all traveling eh? I, I that's fantastic and and may you be safe on those flights um as we found out uh strangely enough very odd but three pilots recently um you know there have been some pretty near misses and uh some strange things mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. we hope that uh your travel is safe i think 
we need extra prayer these days for all of that. That's right. So, That's right, yeah. Connie. We're gonna we're gonna check to make sure there are two pilots in the cockpit before we leave. That's it. That's all it takes, I think, is make sure you have two pilots. That should always be uh, safety, you know, number one idea for airplanes. Um, I, I hope that stays. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Malthouse. Be blessed. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for your courage and for blessing Canada and especially British Columbia. We appreciate you. Thank you very much, Laura Lynn. See you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Very good. I want to bring on now Tasha uh, Fishman, dear friend. I met her uh, during the Ottawa convoy times and she, uh, you know, I, I don't know if she believes this, but I believe you should get your kids as fast as you can out of public schools. And it's not as hard as you think it is. And in fact, there are groups that are being set up to help other moms who think it's a, a task that, you know, can't be, um, you know, that they just can't orchestrate in their lives. But Tasha has some inspiration on that. So I want to bring her on. Uh, Tasha, I have been absolutely shocked at some of the school the pictures uh, that we've seen that are in books that are now in schools, they are depicting gay sexuality, like full drawings, you know, cartoons. Um, and, and parents are now pretty horrified and are beginning to say, not on my watch, I'm done. You guys are going to go mm -hmm. all crazy. You know, we're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, hi, Lorlin. <laughs> it's Hello. good to see you. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of parents who are seeing it now. I think they're ready for the message and they're untrusting of the government due to the last three years, everything that's gone on. But there's still a lot of parents who think there's nothing wrong with this. This is about inclusivity and diversity, which couldn't be further from the truth. And as we know, those of us who have woken up to the absurdity of the public health measures over the past three years, we can, and did a bit of research on our own, we see that this is what the government typically does is hide behind these kind of buzzwords like diversity and inclusivity and sustainability. And when you start researching the UN and their sustainability goals and the plans that the WEF and all of these um, establishments that our government seems to adhere to, their plans for us, you can get a bird's eye view of what's going on. So I think parents really need to understand that this is a pharmaceutical and politically driven agenda. This is not about including trans kids and being friendly to the LGBTQ community. And just as a disclaimer, I will say that the LGBTQ community should be outraged more than anyone. Like the original group is being hijacked right now by this political movement. And just like Black Lives Matter, we've seen all of that unfold. People can look up Candace Owens' uh, investigative documentary about Black Lives Matter and all of those shenanigans. The same thing is happening here. And there are hundreds and thousands of gay people, and I love my gay friends, who are awake and aware to this agenda and want nothing to do with it. And you can follow Gays Against Groomers and other organizations. Yeah, we actually have a clip. We have a clip of that, yeah. Gays Against Groomers. Um, and, you know, fair enough. I, I think that kudos should go to them if they're standing against this nonsense because people are getting right fed up. So here's what mm -hmm. they say. I wholeheartedly believe that children are entitled to their innocence. They deserve it. And we owe it to them to protect and preserve that innocence for as long as possible. Um, 
you know, Gays Against Groomers, we're already in this fight. We've been doing this for about a little less than a year, and we've grown exponentially since starting. Um, I am excited to take this step and, like Robin said, link arms with the various other organizations here and continue this fight. I'm not sure when all this gender ideology and talk about sexualities and explicit books ended up in our libraries and all of these things started, but I'm positive that they're not going to continue, especially with all of the support that all of these organizations bring. I think it's time for parents to be given the chance to parent their children again <clears throat> instead of some elementary, middle, and high school teacher. And I think it's time for children to enjoy the simplicities of childhood. Well, I just think that's fabulous. And don't you think, Tasha, that we'd all get along if, uh, you know, we, we might have a different perspective on, uh, religious perspective on being gay, but I think mm -hmm. that we could all get along because not everyone loves my Jesus. Not everybody thinks the way that I do, but I'm hoping in a, in a Canadian culture that we can you know, live peaceably. But when you go after the children, and I think this morning you said something to me, Tasha, about a video that you had seen uh, about somebody basically calling out and saying, listen, ha have you seen the animosity out there against the LGBTQ? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was saying, uh, she was a, a gay woman, um, a Jewish gay woman. And she was saying, speaking uh, to other gay people and saying, uh, do you realize and, and see the... Um, the hate that's been coming at us over the past few weeks. And then she just said, why are you surprised? What did you think was gonna happen when they, we started going after the kids? But not them specifically, but this entire movement. And she's right. But you know, I want to encourage people to look even further at this because this is not an us versus them, okay? It's the same thing and it's the same dark force manufacturing this divide. They want us to war with one another, just like the vaxxed and unvaxxed. It's the exact same thing by the exact same force. You can call it Satan, you can call it whatever you want, the people, the shadow government. They want us to war with one another because it's not them. It's who's driving and funneling the money into these projects. Who is paying for the counter protesters to come and fight the people that are standing outside of the libraries for the, the drag queen story time and protesting that? They will bus people from all over town and bring them in to counter protest people who are concerned about what's going on with our children. Who's paying for that, right? So these extreme lobbyist groups, just like it was for, I'll never forget the Black Lives Matter parade that happened in Calgary. All of a sudden it was like, you couldn't get people out for a parade like that in Canada ever until three years into the freedom movement. Like forget about indigenous people. All of a sudden we have Black Lives Matter people, just they're just everywhere. Like there's some big problem Thousands here. Of and them. This is the, yeah, and this is the thing. You know, they make us out in Canada. We are the friendliest people on the planet to a fault. We have been conditioned and this is why we are in the position we're in and in big trouble. And we have people saying that we're racist, we're bigots, we're transphobes, they're, they're teaching critical race theory in the schools. I mean, come on. You know, even Morgan Freeman says you want to end racism, quit talking about it. Right. Like, give me a break. We know him. what's going on here. I love him too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is um, social emotional learning. You know, you have teachers that are apologizing for their whiteness. 
I mean, come on, all this is doing is guilting the white kids for thinking that they were responsible for our history. And it's disempowering all the other ethnicities at the same time by giving them a sense of victimhood that they should wear as a badge of honor. It's ridiculous. And if you believe, like I try to say this, like understand that the government does not care about LGBTQ rights, okay? They're not, they're, they're not behind this movement because they are some kind of benevolent faction that has always cared about its people. This same government has waged a war against its own people across this nation for the past three years. They do not care about this. So you have to ask yourself, what is it they want? What are they trying to fight? What do they want us fighting about? What are they distracting us from? We are still witnessing the greatest medical psyop genocide of all time right now. And we're sitting here arguing about uh, if there's 150 or 180 pronouns and, and what's going on. So my question to parents is, if you believe that this is the greatest psyop that's being covered up right now by our government, should we entrust them to be running government-run facilities for our children? Like, how do we trust these people? Like Malcolm X said, you know, only a fool would let his enemy raise his children. Right. You know, we have to start thinking and taking action. And like Dr. Malthouse said, don't trust the doctors. People want to give over their sovereignty and their authority and their power to another entity. It's laziness. It's the same thing. And I'm not saying there's not some good teachers, but teachers are supposed to be a beacon of light and knowledge, and they have failed us. And the ones who haven't have left already. If they have gone through the past three years, supporting the vax, the masks, social distancing, all of that, not only do they have trauma themselves, but they are not the beacon of light and knowledge that we signed up for with our children. <laughs> Take responsibility for your kids, pull them out. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, pull them out until you do, because it's all there. It's all there. It's just 100%. I know if I, if I had to start kid, uh, schooling now in, and I had to go to public school, I would want to go to private school. And if I couldn't afford it, then I just would have to homeschool and I would find any way to do it. I'd bake my own bread. I'd do whatever it took because I would not for one second allow my little boy or my little girl to get assaulted with that kind of uh, ideology in a day, unbeknownst to me, I wouldn't allow it. I, I wouldn't be able to trust anyone. And uh, if I could go to a private Christian school or something like that, I'd say I would need to know exactly for sure that they're not doing it because apparently we've got crazy schools. We've got Catholic schools who, you know, a young man goes in and says that the, the girls are not comfortable because you're letting the transgender dude into the bathroom and the Catholic school basically is getting him arrested, Josh Alexander. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're just, we, the world is upside down. And I wanted to... <coughs> I wanted to show you this quick uh, clip of the drag queen. Uh, JT kind of pulled it out. Go take it away. <laughs> Cheers for drag queen story hour at the Eagle Rock Library. It's what the name promises. Drag queen reading stories to children in libraries, schools and bookstores. Pickle says she couldn't wait to read to the kids. She says drag queen story hour is a literacy program. The goal is to get kids excited about books and particularly books like gender fluidity and uh, or about gender fluidity and giving kids queer role models. All right, so this is the last book that we're going to read. It's called This Day in June. And I love this book because every time I read it, I get more and more excited about the big pride parade. Who's been to the pride parade before? 
It's on June 30th this year downtown. It's always a great time. Um, I will definitely be there. I hope to see all of you there. <laughs> so lock that dude up. Lock him up. Like he's so. So what kind of parents are are excited about bringing their kids? They're you know, I've lost my mind about parents lately because if there was no kids there, I guess there'd be no, you know, appetite for this. But uh, the, well, the parents they're, somehow are going along with it. They are going along with it. And those particular parents are, are weak and uh, feeble and they're virtue signalers. And they are looking for outside validation by their virtuous signaling that they're doing and they're Sad using people. their children Some, somewhere they've picked up the programming that if they are against this then they are against lgbtq people and that couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth and that's why i want to go back the message from the heart and say this isn't about um anti anything it's just we have to look above like who is orchestrating this why is this happening jody gondek the calgary mayor is making it illegal right now to protest outside of libraries like these people have been selected into our government and have infiltrated parents rights psychologists rights clergymen's rights to do any counseling have been systematically taken away through uh legalities like behind the scenes behind the curtains all while this is all happening how is this that this has been orchestrated at this massive level to the point that we are not allowed. You know, we're just, they want the kids. The state wants the kids. The government wants our children. They believe it. they are theirs. And we are just the ones standing in the way. And they have done everything in every faction of society to make sure that we can't do that. So I tell you now, homeschooling is on the rise in Canada. It's gone up 108% in Possible, the last right? year. Like and there's a lot of support so. for it. Like uh, there absolutely. And don't think that private schools are any better because they have to take the money from the government as well for half their curriculum, half their student base. So they have to do whatever health measures. I mean, we saw it with Schmovid, the same thing, right? They're going to do whatever it takes to get the funding. This is always all about money. And that's where we see the complacency. Now we have a gender neutral. Uh, you said it's just words, JT. We have some things that you've sent, and we'll just allow you to just uh, kind of fill us in on your presentation, but uh, oh, we can talk over this one. Okay, so uh, modernizing language in the government. Um, oh, right. BC is going to be the first province. Right. Gender to, language uh, is, yeah, words or phrases that have a bias. Uh, it's important everyone feels included when accessing government services, don't they? I mean, doesn't everyone feel included? Uh, it's just such a, you know, a fraught. Well, this is why, you know, the idea of we have to start saying birthing person, chest feeder, no more she, no more him, no more this. I mean, when we take away language, we take away the meaning behind something. They are trying to erase parental rights, parental importance, the validity of the family. This is an attack on all fronts, on not only our children, but humanity at large. We need to recognize that this is good versus evil. Now, the minions who are pushing all of this through may not see that. And your lovely principal and, and Susie Crabapple teacher down the street might be a good person. But they are going to do, if they haven't left the system, and by the way, I can't even tell you how many tens and tens of, if not hundreds of teachers have reached out to me over this country and told me they're leaving within in the fall and Excellent. taking their kids and homeschooling schooling them sending me stuff Teachers that are. the union 
the, that the unions are forcing them and telling them and warning them that they cannot speak up about anything to do with the transgender. They've told me that the, how they get away with it in schools is they bring this stuff into the assemblies, into the lunch hour club, club rooms and into the after school clubs. And this is how they get away with not putting it on the schedule as a factual curriculum like math or English. So, you know, we have a problem, Canada, when hmm. people are reaching out to, you know, a regular advocate mom <laughs> to tell them and, and say, please use your platform to warn parents of what's going on here. Right. I, I wonder if the unions are, you know, we saw that, that uh, LGB uh, gal talking at the beginning on that video and saying, you know, there's not going to be any more of this. I, they have to look at if these unions have been, been seized by LGBTQ activists. Like it's the activists mm -hmm. that are ruining it for everyone because we... We just can't take anymore. We are inclusive. We are, uh, you know, diversified. It's our inclusivity and our diversity you're actually not accepting. You know, you just want us to celebrate your lifestyle. And then you're taking it far enough so that we actually feel that you're crazy. We feel that you're pedophiles who are grooming our children. And now we're done. Like, it's one thing to say you want to live a life, and, and in Canada, you can do whatever you want, but they've come after the kids, and when it's got to be the unions. Somebody needs to check out what's happening in the unions. These unions have been seized for, by some activists. There's got to be money flowing, and, and if you can cut off some of these pivotal people, maybe you can bring it back into line, but I, I fear for the world at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely the unions, but it's the the activists are getting supported like anti-hate.ca, you know, these groups that are actually government funded. You know, this, this is when you talk about yes. controlled opposition, you're taking people perhaps with some trauma themselves and using them to your benefit. They might not even know that they're serving, you know, Death Star Enterprise, but like really that's what's going on here. We have to look at this is the government. This is, you know, with Justin Trudeau announcing that he will give $75,000 to any government federal employee and their dependents to transition with our taxpaying dollars, we have to understand how this is being funded. And when you go 12 steps back, it's the same characters. It's the George Soros's, it's the, the UN, it's, it's, it's all of our money, quite frankly. It's just passed around from these NGOs and it's put over here and it's pushed it's over shocking. there and it's taken to Ukraine. It's all corrupt. Do not fight each other. This is not about you know, straight versus gay and, and parents versus the, you know, LGBTQ, we have to stop that nonsense. We need to look above and see who's orchestrating this circus. And it's always the same players and it's those systems they need to fall. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of people under mass mind control and paycheck control that aren't doing the right thing and have turned this thing into an epidemic of cowardice is the problem and it doesn't matter if it's with the vaccine issue or does, now it's with the schools it's the same issue so tell me about uh you've sent some slides encourage me tell tell the audience about how unschooling is uh finding popularity and how they don't have to feel so intimidated if they just don't want their yes. kids in the school system anymore yes 
Okay, so one thing I tell parents is if we can agree that the mainstream media is corrupt and that the government is corrupt on a level that we've watched how they talk about current events, obviously that's not factual at all, right? We don't trust them anymore to tell us about current events. So why would we trust them about historical events? Like what is it in school that they actually need to use? I know it's a systemic foundational principle of our society, but clearly our society like Rome is on fire. So what do we actually need? If it's math and literacy, those are something that can be taught naturally over time. Like we can't believe their history anymore, can we? Can we believe their social studies? Like what are we actually going to believe from the same people who are warring against its own people? So I start with that. And then I wanna say that, unschooling some people you know a lot of people say to me oh i could never homeschool i can't do it there's no way well that's because homeschooling is set up in a way where you take school and you bring it to home at your kitchen table and that doesn't work for most families there's still a level of coercion and fatigue that happens and the kids don't want to do the work well what if our kids want freedom just as much as we do what if we can learn by just a childlike environment where we lead by their passions? What if we became more of a peaceful partner to our children and allow them to facilitate the things that they're interested in? Just like I want to study the things that I'm interested in and they learn and we follow our pursuits and our passions and education just becomes a byproduct. This entire mess that we are witnessing right now in the world is due to a medical cult an age-old cult disguising through the medics right now that we have idolized IQ. There's seven different intelligences in the world, but this entire society is constructed on idolizing the IQ. And who are the ones that are speaking out? Who are the ones that have avoided this clot shot? Who are the ones that have the courage? It's, it's not necessarily the IQ. There's a lot of smart people I know that aren't making smart decisions right now in the world. It's EQ, it's emotional intelligence, it's spiritual intelligence, it's things that school does not teach you. So we can bring that back home. You know, everybody's been a natural unschooling parent from zero to five. Before they told you that you weren't capable, before they conditioned you to think you needed to hand your kids over to the state, you were doing this naturally from zero to five. You taught them to walk, to potty, to eat, to love. You nurtured them. You didn't have somebody's matrix on top of you and some schedule that you needed to run by. Unschooling is a way where you live with your family harmoniously and you create your own rhythms. You, you get off the matrix of the school system. You can learn naturally through everyday life and life I being love in it. the classroom. I now, love it. And kids all learn they, in a different way too, don't they? Like they absolutely have different, and you could be maybe more caring about that because at school teachers sometimes aren't very considerate of that. No, and you are the you're the best person for the job. There's yeah. nobody that loves your kids more than you. You might think you're not capable, but you might think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to turn my life upside down. And you do have to turn your life upside down, but it's so worth it. What else is worth it? You know, I just keep saying to people, listen, if I told you that there was a deadly virus that was coming to the school in the next three months, but I didn't know what day it was going to come, and it, you know, you would find a way like that. You would find a way like that to pull them out. You wouldn't, you would burn the boats to get to the island. You don't know how, but you would do it. That's what, there is a virus. It's a mind virus. It's a spiritual virus that is infecting our children. And there is, get them out of the line of fire. 
and then figure it out later. And I just say, don't future trip. People say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And what if they don't get a job? And year by year, if you take them out for one year, I promise you, I promise you with everything that's going on and what we know is to come, you won't, you won't be taking them back. But just give yourself a year to unhook from the system, you know, and let your kids do the same. Anyway, it's, I'm so thankful for the people that have done this before me and paved the way. And right, that they're they were helping a you for me, and now you're helping and others. Be a lighthouse for others, exactly. Right. Well, I just yeah. heard a uh, gentleman, so I watch Lance Wall now pretty much every day. And he made a comment and he said his greatest regret, listen to this. His greatest regret now is that he put his boys into university. He mm. said, I was trained and I thought, and he's a well-educated guy and, and has done very well for himself. And he said that he put them in and they were like, they were like sheep to the, the wolves. And they were, you know, go went through quite a bit of uh, trauma with respect to what they were teaching, which they knew conflicted with their their personal values, their religious values. And he said, "I just thought, oh yeah, you go, you you know, you go to you go to university, but now everything's changed. It's all about teaching that woke ideology. It's all about." Uh, you know, this critical race theory and the gender stuff and the climate issues. Mm -hmm. And all of it is fear-mongering. And so we have to rethink what is really important here and how else can we do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember spending a lot of time with Dr. Roger Hawkinson out in Ottawa and you know how he is. And yes. he would say to me, the higher you go, the worse it is and you need to turn off the spigot. These universities get all their money from the government. So again, you just have to follow the money that follows the science. You have to follow the money through all these institutions and you see it so clear. I mean, everybody, they're all complicit in this. I mean, their ideologies get pushed down by the government, they get more money and da 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 da. Then they get their next generation of obedient, compliant slaves. That's what they're looking for, right? I mean, this is where you're gonna own, have, own nothing and be happy. This is how they're going to do it. They're going to brainwash the kids to thinking that, you know, if they move too far to the left or the right, you know, the ozone layer is going to fall down. They're going to be carbon taxed to death. They're not going to be able to leave their house or travel. They'll be in their 15 minute city while the elites are flying their planes over top of us and, you know, doing their thing and eating steak and we'll be eating bugs. I mean, this is how they're going to do it. They can't get people like you and I, Lorlin, and they know that, and they would hope that we would take the vax and just, you know, kill ourselves off, but we're not gonna do that either. But we are the last standing thing between us and this next generation who doesn't stand a chance if we don't stand up to this evil. Well, what I'd like to do, uh, Tasha, is let everyone know how they can follow you and get a hold of you because I, I'm pretty sure that some parents right now are going, maybe a light bulb just went on for them. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. Mm -hmm. You can't have our children and you're not stopping in your stupidity. And Tasha, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say there could be a real school revolution if all the parents took their kids out and then the funding dries up and they're going to freak yes. out in the school Amen. system. Mm -hmm. And then maybe there's going to be some adjustments. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If we could take back the power. But when you when you research the the fundamental construction of compulsory school, when you start to get into John Taylor Gatto's work and some other people, you realize that it was based on um, foundation of lies and coercion and control. It was based on uh, the elites being able to rule the classes into compliance 
and obedience. This, so the whole thing needs to fall, but absolutely, if you can get 20, 30% of um, families to wake up and pull their kids out and take responsibility for their children again, it will, it will send a clear message. But I'm not sure that they won't come after us here in Canada. I mean, they just went after, France just made homeschooling illegal in, um, in 2021. Um, the UN has an initiative to want to ban homeschool because of, of eradicating privilege. So do. it's the old privilege card, right? Which is ridiculous. Uh, and so I, um, we have to create other things too, like private member associations, just like the Conservative Party and the Liberal Parties are private member associations. And you know, the Freemasons and the Hells Angels, and they have this, this law. And of course, they didn't teach us this in school. But what's amazing about it is it keeps us in the private sector where the government can have no interference. So things are happening. We're building behind the scenes ways to protect ourselves and our children if they do want to come after us as homeschoolers. But it's growing in huge numbers. Like I said, I came from a little town. Now there's 70 of us. We we are using... Um, Google spreadsheets, we're pooling our resources, we found a space to rent, things are happening, people are wanting to take action. It's slow. Uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, you can do it, you just need to surround yourself with some like minded people and marinate in some new thoughts to get and the there's a lot of them. There's a lot there of you guys out there. And I know several mm -hmm. women now coordinating uh, their area for having mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, doing homeschooling and then have collaboration days and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you even get a break because yes. your parents yes. want to take care of the kids for a day, One day and go yep. on a field yep. trip. That'll be right. very educational. All kinds yep. of things can happen. Can yeah. You and we're going to make all it, kinds of yeah, things oh, can, I can happen. And we're going to make apprenticeship cool again. That's going to be the wave of the future. It's not going to be woke universities. It's going to be old school apprenticeship like it used to be. You're okay. interested in something, you find a master that's better than you, and you go learn. And we help our children facilitate their passions. It's actually that easy. We just have to do the healing work because we have all been conditioned as the parents in this authoritative paradigm. And so we have to break through those beliefs. Like, what if my child is behind? What if they, you know, don't make it? Uh, they need to be doing all these things to make me feel comfortable. So I do all of that in my weekly group parenting coaching calls. I've created a container for parents to come in and understand the philosophy more and ask any questions that they have. You can go to my website at TashaFishman.com or I'm on Instagram at um, Unschooling Our Kids. And I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Tasha Fishman. And I've got lots of different ways to communicate in our community with like-minded parents and grow. I love it. I love it. And mm -hmm. you know, before you go, I just want to say one final thing about learning. Like I was a terrible student. I hated it. I hated, and I went to a private Christian school for my high school years where we had like boards up beside us. So we had individual desks with these boards so we couldn't see anyone. And I was like, oh, I was so, uh, you know, I was social. And so I was into this construct of, you know, the mechanics of the work in front of me. Oh, just, and uh, when I got a, I'm, my mom and dad were pushing me to go to university because I had done very well actually on one of the IQ test things that they had all the kids do and I'd done really well. And I, I was, uh, first of all, didn't care one little bit about that. 
there was nothing that was going to make me go to school and actually have to pay for it myself, you know, or contribute to it. And I was like, I am not doing this. And what I found was that that was never a problem. Um, the Lord led me to the place that I should be. And even into broadcasting, um, there was a, uh, a person that I think they told JT this. He was one of the senior uh, directors over our little broadcast channel. And he said, what Laurelyn can do, I can't even teach people. Like you have it or you don't have it. But my natural course may have been, oh, I got to go to university or I got to go to BCIT broadcast school or something like that. But in actual fact, the Lord was able to give me the people, the tools, and that actually came through um, through volunteering my time to learn about all the behind the scenes of television mm -hmm. and then being in front of the camera. All of that was learned on the job. It ne I never, of course, they would have wanted me to buy this, you know, highfalutin, um, you know, university course to do that. But we have to trust that the Lord will bring our children to their destiny and there could be ways that they can study online and not be indoctrinated with the nonsense and maybe give them a few years. Let them get sealed what the truth is, like be 25, for instance, before you plunge yourself into that tyrannical, you know, um, cesspool of, of wolves. Well, what you said was really important as it refers to unschooling, because what you did, and I've read your book, you did that out of passion in your heart. Yes. And that's how you learned. So that's what we do with our kids. We, we connect. The goal is to stay, have a harmonious relationship and keep the connection with our children and live life to the fullest and give them time to explore their passions. And when they have certain passions, we help facilitate that. We give things, we, we partner up with them and we watch them fly. We get out of their way, just like you did, just like I do. Like when I started learning about all the things that were going on with COVID and the WEF and you couldn't stop me, I'd be up for days, like researching, reading. I feel like I've done three university degrees in the last three years. Um, and you know, the thing is, is like, I went to school, I went through university. My background is in psychology. I worked with children with disabilities for 10 years. And I am doing the exact opposite of everything I paid and was taught and trained to do in Fantastic. university. I was taught how to do work with parents to give cognitive behavioral therapies to their children with disabilities to make their children more compliant. And here I am today being an unschooling advocate and teaching parents how to let go of control and coerce force and, and touting that it's vaccines that are making them all sick. So I am doing the exact opposite of what I was trained and I want all my money back. How about that? How about that? Let's let's start getting our money back for anything we paid for for the nonsense and the stupidity. Yes. It really is. It's yes. a lack of science these days and just a, a lack of common sense, total disrespect for people's religious and faith. It's now at the point like, I'm sorry, you want me to be inclusive and you are totally demeaning and mm -hmm. going against everything that my my ancestors have believed, you know, mm -hmm. it's just too much. It's, it's mm -hmm. just, I'm done. Like we're bare, we can barely do this. So we mm -hmm. got to have some backtracking <laughs> and we just have to come out from among them and be separate, quite frankly, because, um, 
maybe we're just never going to have a meeting of the minds and you're offering that opportunity to do that. So mm-hmm. I just love you, Sasha, mm-hmm. Tasha, and uh, Sasha, Tasha. And Tasha. I just hope that, um, <laughs> I hope lots of moms are going to get a hold of you and that you're going to be able to really like shepherd and train a nation of moms to. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I'm just, I just feel so blessed and I want to help them become the lighthouses for other moms in their areas and just yes. like the the path that I walked and in about 12 weeks I'm going to have a three hour presentation put together of all the things the dark agendas why it's happening who's behind it how we get out of it the the unschooling philosophy all the steps so I'll have that on my website within the next 12 weeks and hopefully that'll help some folks as well. Okay. I absolutely love it. Thank you very much. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and may God be with you and your family and may you change the face of Canada and change things for, for families. I appreciate you so much. I Mm -hmm. think this is an answer to to many people's prayer. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay. I was just thinking about, you know, some of the things the Bible says about education is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Who's running our schools? Fools. They despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom's different, you know, than IQ. Wisdom is like, in fact, somebody can really struggle sort of, you know, with and even have learning disabilities and all of that. And yet you can just have, you could, that person has so much wisdom I had a, a high school friend uh, that was like that, and he just did magnificently in life and had a beautiful family and found his way, and it wasn't dependent on the fact that, you know, he was dyslexic or not. Uh, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's good. Ephesians 6, 4. Um, no, let's go to Ecclesiastes seven twelve. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. It is so true. Okay, so what's going on with the CCP uh, problem we're having in Canada right now, JT? Do we have a couple of things? We've got Western Standard uh, reporting on CCP connection to Trudeau government's trade minister. Is that the case? Yes. Or is it Trudeau's trade minister connected? Yeah, to the Chinese community. Uh, So... I, I actually have it. Oh, are you able to scroll down on that? Uh, okay, according to the Blacklocks reporter, Federal Trade Minister Mary Ng, I believe, refuses to comment on her public endorsement of the Confederation of Toronto Chinese Canadian Organizations, which is considered a Communist Party of China CCP front. Ng has attended CTCCO events and records show three other Toronto area Liberal MPs publicly endorse the Confederation's work. Sean Chen of Scarborough North, Han Dong, and this is the fellow who's been in all this trouble, basically the uh, CSIS said, you can't have him, Mr. Trudeau, and what did Mr. Trudeau do? He just completely ignored CSIS and any signs that there's Chinese interference. And Majid Johari from Richmond Hill, this is but the tip of the iceberg, said witness, Chuk Kwan at the Commons Ethics Committee. What does that mean, everyone? This is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I think it is. I think this is, it could be bad. And I hope that they hunt it down 
and that Trudeau can't weasel out of all of the, you know, the sort of the walls are closing in on him, and I hope he's not able to get out of that at all. Not at all. Okay, we have one more, and then I'm going to sign off today. National Post, there's big business behind the business of Roxham Road. So what's going on down there? Um, private buses, food, and hotel rooms behind the booming multi-billion, multi-million billion, no, multi-million dollar, sorry, I can't read. He's giving me a dirty look. Multi-million dollar business of Roxham Road. His dirty looks are never that bad. He's just kind of rolls his eyes. Um, it's an industry worth hundreds of millions or more with the cost only growing for Canadian taxpayers. So isn't that interesting? I mean, so these guys, they don't really want it shut down because everybody's getting um, a little something on the side for all of the people that are coming in over our Roxham Road uh, border. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, this is similar to what is going on in the United States of America. They just had to run this last weekend with, uh, you know, thousands coming over their border and everyone just turns a blind eye. Meanwhile, the face of the nation is being changed. You don't know who's coming in. You're putting people at risk of having criminals coming in. I mean, all of this is problematic. If if we're going to have people coming into the country, they should be properly vetted. They should be legal. Uh, we should know their background. We should know they, they don't have a criminal record. And <clears throat> we certainly don't want people involved in sex trafficking and things like this coming across because they are preying on our, you know, on our good citizens of Canada. So, wow, huge problem. My name's Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. I just want to remind you that um, if you have got some money in the bank, <clears throat> you might want to consider, could I just like, um, got the cough, I've got the cough button over here, but if you've got some silver, um, if you've got money in the bank and you want to consider just making it safer, it might be a good time for silver and gold. We've been talking about this all of a sudden, we've got a huge crisis in the States. How far are we in Canada from that happening here? I do not know, but what happens down there does tend to happen here. So if you want to protect yourself, you might want to consider getting a hold of Steve Merrill at Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. It really can't hurt, guys. And I know that we have felt that, um, you know, that compunction to protect ourselves in, in that way. So I think it's good. I can never offer you anything that I don't think is worth your while. I want to read to you, um, well, we'll go to laurelynn.tv um, uh, and just let you know that if you are willing or able to help us, the only way that we do this is by good folks like you saying, hey, maybe I can help this uh, little team out so that we can keep bringing you great information. Tasha will not be featured on CBC or CTV. Neither will Dr. Malthouse. Those people come to us because we know that you need the truth of what's going on. If you're able to help us, that would be wonderful. Also, um, when you sign, you know, when you go to the donate button that is on my website, a really cool thing, we're with um, uh, Canada Helps, and a really cool thing they're doing is for anybody who signs up as a $20 or more monthly partner is they're going to give us 20 bucks. So that's kind of nice that Canada Helps, who kind of organizes, they make sure you get your tax receipts because this is a tax receivable donation 
Some of you don't know that, but we issue tax receipts. And by the way, if any of you didn't get your tax receipt yet this year, just let us know because uh, our accountant has a very big job and she's been doing her best. We've had a couple people say, oh, I haven't seen it yet. So we just email it to you right away. So let us know about that. Um, and if you can help us, it means a lot. Like, this is it. This is all we do. And if you can see the benefit in it and you want to sow into the good ground here, that is wonderful. And I really do believe that the Lord will bless you for that because he is helping us to be able to have the team and this little network to be able to get information because I think wisdom and knowledge is important to God. And so we try to bring it to you every single day. <clears throat> I want to read to you today from Psalm 66, verse 1, shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name and make his praise glorious. Shout for joy. I don't know about you. When's the last time I felt like shouting for joy? Okay, maybe last week when the prime minister was having a few bad days. I have to admit, I kind of, I felt super happy. Um, but literally shouting for joy. You know that feeling of joy? When's the last time you felt that? Here's a secret. Getting into the presence of God will bring you that joy. That's why we don't forsake church services. That's why we don't forsake the gathering together of the saints so that we can be where those beautiful um, sounds of God's praise can just fill your soul do you put worship on, uh, worship music on during your day? It's a great thing to do. Last night, I put uh, my Bible gateway on. I had it on for a couple good hours. Just fantastic. I heard all of the entire story of Esther. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, you hear things. I went on to Acts. I was surprised. I mean, how many beatings uh, the, the people who were initially trying to spread the good news of who Jesus was. Imagine how heretical it sounded to the Jews at the time. They're like, what? You're preaching this new Messiah. You're not allowed to do that. So they would be taken in and flogged. And they're amazing because they just counted all joy to be struggling with all of these diverse things. But we've decided that we are, we're just going full bore. We want the joy of the Lord. And how you get that is being in his presence, making sure you take time to be in the word, and then be have a thankful and a grateful heart for what you're going through. It's so easy to look at all the negatives, right? I mean, my husband does it nonstop. Just kidding. <laughs> ah, just joking. <clears throat> so we're kind of different. I'm, I'm like the glass is half full. And even lately, that, that can be hard. It's like, wow, this is now the glass is only a third full, okay? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the class is a third full person. <laughs> JT's like, oh, you know, it's funny if you hear our conversations, but I'm choosing to believe, and we do know that God, he comes to rescue us. Come and see what God has done, it says, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. Here in Psalms, David is reminding himself of what God has done in the past. 
Has God gotten you through something before? Don't you know he can do it again? Of course he can. And I'm pretty excited because some amazing people are lined up for these events that we've got going on. April 15th um, in Calgary. April 16th, I believe, will be in Red Deer. April 18th, we're going to be in Vancouver. Dr. Artis, Dr. Macus, Dr. Uh, 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 Naputi, Naputi. Uh, Eric Metaxas. Okay, it's very close. Eric Metaxas. We are excited about these things. We're fighting back. We're not stepping back. We are standing strong and moving forward. God's got us. Remember what he did in the past. He has always rescued you, has he not? He will yet rescue us again. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.